is Brian Bailey, Chief Marketing and Experience Officer with Metro Inclusive Health. You're listening to Inclusivity and Beyond, subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community. Welcome to Metro Inclusive Host Podcast, Inclusivity and Beyond. Tonight, we have our special uh, sexual health series, Movement of Color. And tonight, we're going to be discussing sex work in the Black community. Tonight, I have an awesome panel here to join me. And what I want to do is actually let them introduce themselves. And I'm going to start by passing the baton. And guys and girls, after you uh, pass the baton, you can pass the baton to whomever you like this on the panel. I will start off with Mariah. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Mariah Moore. I use she and her pronouns. I'm located in New Orleans, Louisiana. I am the national organizer at Transgender Law Center. Also, I'm the founder uh, and co-executive director of the House of Tulip, which provides long-term housing solutions for the trans and gender non-conforming community. And I will pass it to Milan. How are you? Hi, everyone. I hope everyone is having a great day. I am Mulan Williams. I am the outreach coordinator for Miracle of Love, as well as the founder of Divas and Dialogue, which is a trans women support group here in Orlando, Florida. And off to Zayden. Hey, Zay. What's <laughs> up? My name is Zayden, a.k.a. Zaybay, from right here in Orlando, Florida. Um, I work at OnlyFans. I'm a sex worker, so, you know, We'll have a great conversation. Let's have fun and enjoy the chat. Now back to you, Tariko. Thank y'all so much. And for everyone out there that I'm not familiar with, I am Tariko Perkins, Prevention and Sexual Health Specialist for Metro Inclusive Health, and I am the originator of Movement of Color. So tonight, just jumping directly into our conversation, and I want to present this to everybody before I get into the questions. Why do you think so many people in the Black community um, have actually experienced sex work or have been someone that's participated in sex work? I think it comes a point in time where, you know, you get to a point in life where, you know, bills are due, things are going on in life, and you have to make some quick change. And sometimes, you know, you have to do what you have to do to get what you want. So, like, I don't know. I think we have to do... I mean, I don't doubt it, but I think we have to do what we have to do, you know, like, desperate time, call for desperate measures, and people, like, People do what they have to do to survive or whatnot. Well, survival. Okay, okay. Mariah Milan. And I think for the black trans women that I know here in Orlando, they do it primarily for survival as well. Um, you know, it's not like they're just throwing out jobs to the trans women. So, you know, that's like one of the oldest professions in the book. Even though it's not safe, some trans women feel safer out there than they do in the workplace because they're just not ready for society or different. It, Everyone has a different story, so it's so many reasons why, but survival is the most part I can say for the Black trans women here in Orlando. Yeah, I think both what Zayden and Mulan just said is absolutely right. So, like, you know, for a large percentage of specifically uh, Black trans women, it is survival, right? But then we also, oftentimes, we don't talk about the fact that some people actually like doing sex work, right? That is something that they genuinely enjoy. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a conversation that definitely needs to be uplifted more to kind of reduce that stigma because, you know, some people will say, oh, you just do it for fast money and because you're lazy. But 
in actuality, there are some people who just enjoy sexual erotic experiences, whether they're providing it or receiving it. So yeah, I think it's both survival, but also uh, enjoyable career for some. So since it is viewed as, as a real career, how do y'all feel about slut shaming? A lot of times in our community, especially for those people, Mariah just said the perfect thing. A lot of people enjoy sex. They enjoy erotica but it's so much slut shaming that comes along with it. What are your views on people that slut shame? They mad. <laughs> <laughs> they mad. That's all I can say, because I don't know why somebody would do that, because like everyone has sex, you know, but only you know what you truly do. And the main ones that are slut shaming are the ones that are the biggest sluts most of the time. So that's what I'm gonna just leave it at that. <laughs> Right, I think, and yeah, to your point, Milan, like a lot of people internalize that because they can't be free and open with being um, fluid with their experiences and fluid with their sexuality. Um, I also just think that it's a construct that has really been just indoctrinated in a lot of us that, you know, having multiple partners, having recreational sex to just really and pleasure yourself is something that's really looked down upon that has a lot to do with the church and you know just very archaic uh ways of thinking um and so i think that's uh, why people a lot of times slut shame as well and it's just immature um you know if you're not sleeping with someone then you have no business to comment on their you know on their sex life most definitely i agree mariah so on the average job, uh, you know, you have an HR department, you have different uh, protocol uh, when it comes to actually uh, sexual harassment, when it comes to code of conduct, there's like all these laws and things that are put in place for normal um, job experiences. So my next question, what are your views on organizations that advocate for sex workers? And just thinking back for, um, for the ones who may have had experiences in sex work, in the past, Zayn, um, you just shared that you currently work in OnlyFans. What do you feel, um, how do you feel about those particular places that advocate for sex workers and what things are needed for those who are currently involved in sex work? Good question. Um, I think what's needed currently is definitely, um, I think that we all should get tested. Um, I think that's um, a big thing that um, I see that I see that raw sex is big, you know, on Twitter and all that good stuff. Um, so I think that if we're gonna indulge in those type of activities, that we definitely should get tested. I will. I'll just really quickly. I think that it's important to understand why these organizations exist, right? For sex workers, right? Uh, the ways in which uh, women's bodies have historically been weaponized against them, and the ways that they've been criminalized. With special, uh, specifically black trans women and, and directly in the South, right? The directly impacted women that live in the South, um, walking while trans, you know, being uh, assumed that you're a sex worker, right? By just simply minding your own business, but also being caught in a, a sexual act with someone or attempting to uh, have consensual sex with someone and you happen to be trans, you could be uh, charged with a felony. And, you know, in the past you could be charged and um, you could be required to register as a sex offender. So it's very important that these organizations exist to decriminalize and humanize our, you know, our, uh, for many, their profession, right? 
um, you know, SESTA FOSTA, you know, a lot of people don't even know that 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 exists, that that law exists, but it does. And it can directly affect you. If your girlfriend gives you a ride to go see a date and y'all both caught, both of y'all are going to be charged with the same thing. So it's just like those things are very important in these these organizations exist to liberate us, right? To liberate our experience and to humanize us, right? So I think those are the reasons why these organizations are very important. And they, you know, they help erase that stigma. I agree they are needed. Um, I really don't think many organizations here in Orlando do it. Um, but I do know once I came aboard on Miracle of Love, it was a no brainer for me because that is my past. Um, I'm an open book when it comes to um, being a sex worker over 20 something years. My job knew that when they hired me, um, they actually reached out to me. I wasn't looking for a job. You know, I was fine doing my sex work. So they know I did it, but I don't see any other organizations doing it. But since I've been at Miracle, I've been busting my behind, getting out there, showing these ladies, because like I say, on a lot of Zooms and meetings that I go to, a lot of the trans sex workers here don't even know half these organizations exist. You know, so I think more organizations need to jump on board with it because not every girl out there is going to take to me giving them their tests, mainly because I know a lot of them. So I do understand that. So I wish it was more here, but I think it is needed. Um, and we need more people to be out there reaching out to those girls. And let's just talk about, like, let's just name a few of those organizations because people don't even know, right? So you have, like, uh, Decrim Now. You have Women with a Vision in Louisiana. You have uh, the Trans Equity Project. Um, what else? Um, the Sex Workers uh, Alliance. So you have a lot of uh, national groups that really do the Decrim work. Um, and I, you know, there needs to be a more local uh, focus and um, a more local drive to really um, mobilize uh, specifically trans women to come together to do that decrim work. Because if we're not advocating for that decriminalization ourselves, for the for us who are the most impacted, then, you know, it'll never get further along. But I think that uh, there are some organizations who are doing that amazing decriminalization work. So, Milan. Something, um, speaking of, of, of agencies and um, places that are out there that advocate for sex workers, I know that you started doing something yourself personally at your own home. Can you tell us what that is? Uh, give us a little information for the, the women that are actually out there in your area. Okay, well, backstory for me, I already told you guys I was a sex worker for many, many years. Um, and um, I used to go to jail every week. <laughs> <laughs> So from there, I found the home on the beat, on the stroll. So I say like directly on the beat. And that way I, I moved here particularly because there were other trans women here before me. Like my house is known as the trans house. Um, you have people like Santana T. Summers that stayed here. God bless the um, dead angel. Um, yeah, all these women stayed here before me. So this house was like equipped and made for people not to get have to get in cars. <laughs> so that's why I first moved here. And so like I'm right here in the center of where the girls are. So I started putting condoms on my porch. Like right now, if I go outside, it's a bucket out there. It's also pamphlets about safe sex work and all that. And I'm always out there giving out bottled water, letting them know, hey, I do free testing. Also, you can go here if you don't want to get tested by me, letting them know about PrEP. 
because um, it's needed. So my house is like the safe haven. And I'm also now saving up to open up my own little pantry here in my backyard. So hopefully that'll happen soon. I should have put my cash ass on my cash app up. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So my next question is to Zayden. Um, well, I'll open up to everybody. Um, let's see how I want to phrase it. So a lot of people feel that with like Twitter, OnlyFans, that that serves as like the newer form of sex work. Do you feel that it's it's replacing walking the beat or ad posting? And if so, why or why not? And I'll start with you, Zay. Um, I think so. Um, Twitter has definitely changed. Um, back a couple years ago when I started Twitter, it was you known to be funny, make jokes, and to get celebrities' attention. Um, when I started my OnlyFans page and I got back on Twitter back in May. I was throwing a few little jokes out there and people were like, yo, you corny as heck. So I started talking sexually and everything started picking up for me. And I was like, yo, this is what controls everything. Like Twitter, <laughs> sex is what raw Twitter. So I'm like, okay, so this is what I have to do to appeal to an audience right now. So I definitely do think that Twitter has replaced a lot of, um, yeah, it has. It definitely has. Like you don't have to go out and do it. You can do everything from the privacy of your home, um, in your car now. You don't have to like actually go out and do any work now. You can do it from the privacy of your home now. So I definitely think Twitter has. Yeah, Twitter is what's up, man. Twitter is what's going on right now. So um, I'm kind of getting this swing of things. I'm loving Twitter right now. It's fun. Um, you know, just, but yeah, Twitter, what's up, man? Twitter is definitely what's up. So Milan, well, no. You go to Mulan. She's smiling and stuff. Go to Mulan. Do you feel that it's taken over that the Twitter and the uh, OnlyFans for the people that are using that as a form of sex work, do you think that's taken over the, the ad posting and the beat walking? I, I don't think it's taken over. I think it's um, a better way to make money, though. I mean, and safer because you know who you're videoing, you're recording with. Um, and those people, they might not even be exchanged. Those some some of the OnlyFans, there are couples on there, so they're not paying each other. They're just getting paid to, you know, show the goods. As far as Twitter, I can't even get on Twitter <laughs> because it goes down, and I have to look at these people in their face. And baby, I be wanting to say something. I be trying to keep it professional, like just like now, Zayden. I believe I should have free access to the OnlyFans since we're on here for at least an hour. Um, I got you. Okay, because I got you. it goes, y'all. Let me tell y'all something. I don't know if y'all see my Facebook stories, mm -hmm. but Zayden, you got somebody blocked too. Because okay, so y'all know he the first one on there. So I think people thought it was his his page. I got one message. Oh, I'm not blocked anymore. I got what's up, babe, <laughs> and they keep erasing them when they realize that it's not his page. I mean, his thing got like over a thousand something views. And as it goes on, me and Mariah, our numbers are going down because after they see it's not his page, they off of there. <laughs> but I see, but all in all, no. OnlyFans. Just to be clear, I. <laughs> Mariah, I think OnlyFans is amazing. Hey, and if so I still had my body that I had when I was younger, I would be I'm on so there myself getting me a coin. And I just hope y'all are saving your money that who 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 are on there. I hope y'all save y'all coins up, finally. Please. And keep it up. <laughs> you know, y'all know I always come from a advocacy standpoint. So for a lot of women, such as myself, or of my experience, Black trans women don't have uh, the luxury of filming things in their homes because they can't obtain a home. 
Um, so for black women and women of color and um, women who are in, you know, in that profession, they they turn to that age old uh, profession that the black top or the laptop, right? And the laptop means you posting your ads and honey, you know, that's the way it was. And it, even when I was in, in sex work, you know, I never walked the streets per se, but I was a girl that, you know, did my ad posting and went from hotel from city to city. Um, and till this day, I still talk to women and that's the only way that they wanna do that because you have to realize that a lot of women who are in sex work, they don't want the world to see them that way, right? They don't wanna have let everyone have access to them even if they're paying. But you know, a lot of women's bodies are sacred to them. And, and, and I know that seems like an oxymoron to a lot of people because you are, you know, being involved with a lot of different people, but our, our bodies are sacred, you know? Um, it's a part of who we are. It's a part of how we respect ourselves. And just because we have multiple partners for survival doesn't mean that our bodies are any less sacred. And so I think for a lot of women, um, that OnlyFans is an option to, to folks who are, you know, they love showing the world and being looked at and being, you know, admired that way which is nothing wrong with that. But for a lot of women also, their bodies and their spaces are sacred and um, they use them in that way. Okay. That's a, so my next question, it's, it's um, thank you all for disclosing different things during um, our time thus far. Zayden, you told us that you're the, uh, the only fan star of the <laughs> panel tonight. Um, Milan has shared that she's had experience actually walking the beat. Mariah just shared that she's had experience with the ad posting. So content, when it comes to actual content, and, and I want Zayden to start with this one first. When it comes to uh, new content, um, photos for my girls that were like on the beat um, looks or what was gonna make the, um, the dates want to pick you up for my people that were posting ads coming up with the new content or uh, what was gonna sell, is there pressure or was there pressure for new content, especially with you, Zayden, with like so many people popping off with the OnlyFans, you know, and they're, they're doing the teasers, like they're walking down the hall with the towel, like in front of the private part and it's swinging, you know, and then this person coming from this angle. Is there pressure for constant new content? And how does that work for you? And then we'll get to the ladies. Um, yes, Whew. it's pressure. Um. Like right now, I haven't been posting much because I'm trying to, I have two classes that has been kicking my butt and I'm focusing my master's degree right now. So I haven't been posting much on my OnlyFans page. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, um, I realized that people didn't care about that. They didn't give a crap about me having to go to school and me focusing my master's degree was all about, yo, what's up? When are you gonna post again? We need content, we need content. So we need to see what's up. So there's a lot of pressure with content. You have to always constantly feed um. People have a sexual appetite. You have to constantly feed that. And people feel like since they subscribe to your page and that they pay to be on your page, they um they run you. They have control over you. They feel like since I pay to be here, you need to post this type of content. You should be posting that. I want to see this. And that becomes a conflict as well. But um, it's definitely a lot of pressure on that to keep posting. Um, But the thing about it, you have to find your audience. Um, With anything, everything is not for everybody. Um, Everyone is not going to like you. Everyone is not going to subscribe to your page. But the good thing about it is you have to find your audience and work your crowd. You got to work your set. So whenever you find a group of people that like what you have going on, you continue to feed them. And, you know, that's your crowd. That's your audience. And you grow from there. 
So you got to work yourself. You got to go out there and work it, you know? All right, she agrees. Like, yeah. I'm saying, as far as the girls working ads, I know um, when I was traveling, like, I used to try to take pictures every six months because, you know, for us traveling city to city, your same pictures here that are old are new somewhere else. So for me, it was like every six months because I, I travel to the same places because I like to get regulars, you know? <laughs> so I used to travel to the same place and just always kept my pictures up to date because it helps, but it also helps for the ad to always throw an old one in there. That was my little thing so they'll know who I am. And for as <laughs> working the beat, um, towards the end of me working at B, I would go out there in the house dress. Like I said, it was my yard, so they, they were going to pull up. Anyway. They, they, they knew who I was, honey. So I didn't have to care worry about that in the end. <laughs> uh, but, oh, let me say this. Zayden, I'm going so happy you said that how you're paying for school with this. Like, a lot of people think people are just doing sex work and OnlyFans just to do it. People are out here getting educations with this money. Everybody has their own story. Everyone has a different story. So I just want people to remember that and stop judging a book by its cover because prime example, he's paying he's paying for school, you know? So just keep that in mind. I'm gonna just say what a lot of, you know, the girls thinking. So when I was traveling, honey, I in addition to me, I used to have a Asian girl, a deeply melanated girl, a white girl, a big girl, a skinny girl. Um, so it was 10 of me versus all of y'all. So guess what? Pick which one you want, but when you come to the door, I'm gonna be done. My hair gonna be done. I'm gonna smell good. The room gonna be nicely lit with candles and fragrances <laughs> and all those things. So you have to sit there. Because once you open the door and they find you very visually appealing, they're not gonna turn away. They're gonna be like, Well, you're not the one I wanted or the one I, or the person that I thought you were, but you look so good. And so they still come in and you still make your coin, but it's a competitive market, right? So you have to have a business mindset. So you have to offer more than one product. So, <laughs> you know, I didn't come to this city to make a rack. I came to make 15, you know what I mean? So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to maximize my earnings, you know, so I didn't make a trip for nothing. So it's just like, those are the ways in which when I was involved in sex work, like I always maximized uh, my stay in the city. Like child, it was, I'll never forget your personal story. It was one man came, saw me three different times at three different hotels in the same city. Because that's what I do. I changed that hotel up, honey. Switch that color wig, you know. So today I'm blonde. Tomorrow I'm brown. I may be orange the next. You know, it's just like variety. You have to have options. So, you know, yeah, just, you know, hey, it is what it is. So how can I pose this question? Um. Although there's different facets of sex work, you know, there's the beat, there's posting ads, uh, there's like, even with OnlyFans, has there ever been a time as someone who's black, has there ever been a time you've experienced like discrimination in sex work? I have, um, you see, I'm a lighter skin. And like she said, we change our hair up. So I had a picture up with blonde hair and this guy one time came to the hotel room where I was in New York. And when he got to the door, he was like, oh, you're not white. And so that was that. He left. <laughs> he was over. He was over because you weren't white. Oh, yeah. He was. He said, oh, I thought you was white, honey. I know. I had my. And I must on. say, I must say, Milan, that that is where I got a lot of, like, the uh, the racial, the uh the um, race, racist remarks and like the, oh, you're not white and 
you know, I want a white girl and all this, and which is fine. You have that right. Um, but, you know, in terms of that, yes. But I never took it personal because, like I said, everyone has their own um, appetite and the things that they, you know, the things that they like. Um, you know, even even me, as far as a personal partner, like I have, I have the things that I look for and the things that I like, so I don't ever take it personal. But there is some discrimination and some racism out there. Oh, yes. So my next question is, you were just sharing that um, there was a guy who came to the door and he was like, oh, you're not white. I'm going to leave. So, of course, with anything, there's risk. So pose my next question. With the current with the current social climate, as as black people, we're not necessarily always supported when it comes to law enforcement and police. Has there ever been a time where you feared for your life or you've been in a sticky situation and you felt that you had no one to really turn to because of lack of protection or not being able to call the police because they're gonna find out what you're doing? Um, yeah, unfortunately I've been raped a few times when I first started and um, I always remember this. Um, I was running up to one of my girlfriends and letting her know what happened. I was crying, like I was, I was messed up, you know, like mentally I was messed up. I, did, I was young, I was like 19, and I just didn't understand how this happened. And I was like, and they took my purse, my phone, and everything. So I'm like, girl, call the police. You know, I'm ready to get. I want them in jail and everything. And she was like, girl, no, you're not gonna call the police. You're gonna be fine. You just have to um get tougher skin. This is going to happen again to you. You call the police. They're going to be asking you why you're out here and you're going to get in trouble. So I was taught not to call the police when things like that happen. So, and I feel bad for teaching some girls after me the same thing that I was taught, you know, and I feel that's one thing why I love doing my job because I feel like I'm making up for some of the bad things I did and taught some of the girls that came after me that I was taught but we were taught not to call the police because we'll get in trouble. So, I mean, it's messed up, but that's how that's how it was for me. I mean, just the way like you just described, Milan. I mean, we are not seen as victims. We can't be victims, right? Because we're not seen first as people, right? So we definitely can't be victims. And like, you know, I've had a situation. I had like really like life-threatening situation where I was forced to jump from the third story of the building and like, you know, I both of my knees, I now have hardware in both of my legs and, you know, this experience, but it really, it really just changed my life and really that's what got me into this, my activism and, you know, my career now and where I am now, but, you know, I just think about the way I was treated during that experience, like laying on the ground, not able to move and still be told to put my hands up, like I had really done something wrong when I had been attacked, um, someone had attacked me and they had not been provoked. So I think a lot of times, and that's why decriming sex work is so important because it just removes all the criminal penalties around the potential activity that may be going on as it pertains to sex work and your involvement in sex work, right? Um, so, you know, even that's why rape victims, like Mulan just said, never went to the police, right? Because we're not seen as victims, right? People who, who are being trafficked, I mean, again, they believe that trans people can't be trafficked because we chose to do this. There are some trans women who are genuinely being forced to do this work like by, at the hand of someone else, and that's real, right? But those women also are not seen 
as victims. Look at Centoya Brown, like, you know, a cis black woman, like she was not treated as a victim. She was treated as a criminal. So imagine if this woman is being treated as a criminal, what we'd be treated like and what how, how we are treated, right? We would face way more violence and way more harm at the hands of police. So why go to them, right? Why seek them out, right? No. Thank you so much, Mariah Amalon, for, for sharing that. And thank you both for being so open and sharing your experiences. I believe a lot of times that there's, um, through every testimony that there are tests and there's so many things that are unsaid or unspoken when it comes to people that are involved in the lifestyle or sex work, whether they're trans or even they're just a, a sister and a woman, as you just spoke about. So just being open and being vulnerable and sharing. Thank you all so much for that. Yeah, um, my next question, because we talked about the wigs, the makeup, the candles, Zay, you know, you're doing the new content and, and things like that. Have you had moments where you're out because people get into these illusions of who you are and whether you've had a client or Zayden say you've had like a uh, number one fan that's subscribing all the time and that's constantly on that content and you've been out in public and they're still caught up in that illusion of who you are. Like they seen uh, Madame Redhead come to the door and then you're out in the supermarket or Zayden say you're even on campus going to school, say or you were just still on a campus going to class or something like that. And they're like, that's Zay and that's a Zaybe from uh OnlyFans. And they've approached you still believing you're that illusion. If that's happened to you, how have you dealt with that? Um I've recently I have recently started to get that type of attention. Now um I'm kind of I'm kind of getting used to it. I'm not, I'm not used to people being in my personal space as much like um I've been to the mall recently and a group of guys was like following me around recording me and stuff and i wanted to get mad but i was like you know what you put yourself out there like that you really can't get mad um i've not eaten with my friends and gay guys have been across the table from me and they've been recording us eating and stuff and oh i'm, I'm kind of adjusting to it i'm kind of getting used to it it's like like i said i'm not used to people being in my private space and recording me now but it's a lot of pressure on me because I feel like every time I go out now, I have to be on like, you know, I have to cross, cross my T's and dot my I's now. I have to be, look a certain way now. So it's a lot of pressure on me, but I'm kind of adjusting to it a little bit. So I don't, I don't, uh, it's crazy. It's, I don't know. It's, I guess it's new for me. So I'm kind of, like I said, I'm adjusting to it now. Like I'm not used to people recording me and all this good stuff. Like, so it's a whole different type of tension I'm getting now. So it's, Milan smiling. Milan, you have something you want to say because you are cheesing. No, I'm just saying enjoy the face. It's, it's, it's different there. though, so it's, it's a different type. I'm not used to this. Like I'm not used to people like even the clubs now. I see people standing around me, like recording me and stuff. And like just a couple of weeks ago, I was just hanging out in the club. Now, like so, it's it's different now. So yeah, I'm back to us. <laughs> back to to trans women, like. No matter where we are, and no matter what setting we're in, professional or not, like men never change their behaviors towards us. So, prime example with the work that I do now, and now having like more of a national profile and like being like garnering press and all that. Like I was in D.C. recently, and I, you know what? I can't even say to this man. I've never met this man in my life. It's been years now since I was, I, I, you know, I was in that profession. Um, but this man just assumed, oh, she's a trans woman. She looks good. 
if I proposition her with some money, she'll do it, right? Mm. And so that's the type of disrespect um, and the type of assumptions people make. Um, and they they just, they, they assume that about most trans people, um, even trans men included, you know, um, cis gay men included, you, you know, there's always that, that area there, if, you know, if I can't just get you on my looks, then I'm going to, you know, proposition you with some money or an object or th something that may seem valuable to you. And that's very disrespectful. And in that moment, I, you know, I looked at him and I said, you know what, I, we're here in the same profession, you know, and how dare you, you know, just reduce me to that, right? So demanding my respect in that moment was very important and critical to teach, not only teach him a lesson, but to also just, you know, let myself know that, you know what, this is not who you are, be, but also to be proud of where you came from. Like, I, I say it openly in all spaces, in some space it makes people uncomfortable. I once was a sex worker and very well uh, with, the, with, with certain losses could go back to being a sex worker, right? Mm -hmm. Right, go back to being in survival mode, realistically, right? We're all living in uncertain times. But to automatically assume that about a person because of their experience or because you who you know them to be and how you know that trans women are surviving and that's what they're doing to survive, it's disrespectful. I had a couple incidents like um, like I'm in Orlando and I was born and raised here and doing sex work for so long. Like I dated a lot of people. So um, when I first started working, well, all my incidents usually happen at Walgreens because, you know, I, do t I used to do testing at Walgreens. And um, this guy was passing out condoms one time. And then he comes back and talking about some um, meet me in the bathroom. I got 50, you know, and I was with my boss, Allison. And Lord, you should have seen that white woman face when I started to go off on him. She looked at more scared than he did. Um, like I showed out on him because I just was so insulted because you see I'm here at work. You see me with the shirt, with the logo. You see what I'm doing. And just to think that, that that was okay, it like it like really irked me. It like it, it really made me feel it made me feel less than. Like like you see what I'm doing before that to still happen, like that really yeah, he almost got it. <laughs> no respect of person. He had no respect of your uh, personal job, your personal space, well the, the space you were in at that moment at all. So my next question to everyone on the panel, what does dating look like? After you've come from sex work and um, even Zay, now with you being uh, currently in OnlyFans and you wanting that spouse, that um, lover, that one person that's going to light up your life, how does it actually uh, work when it comes to being um, someone who's been in past sex work and with you now, Zay, and being currently uh, someone that's active on OnlyFans? How do relationships work? How does dating work? Um, unfortunately, no one wants to date me. They just want to have sex right now. So, dating is <laughs> dating is no one. Just being honest, you know what I'm saying? Like, no one really wants to date me right now. Everybody just want to have like. It, we start out texting, like dating. It's been three days. It goes to like yeah. So no one wants to date me right now. It's all like sex and stuff. So, so then when it gets to, like that third day, it's like send me a pic, send me a yeah. Video. What's up? With the picture. Send me some videos. When are we gonna do this? And then they. Go, a lot of people confuse reality with Twitter and stuff. And they start like, oh, yeah, I saw on Twitter you said this and that. When are you going to do me like this? When are you going to do me like that? 
And I was like, you gonna yo, bring me up? Where you gonna bring me over? Yeah, and I'm like, yo, that's Twitter, man. Like, you can't bring it over here. But like, yeah, so I don't think I'll be dating anytime soon. Mariah? I, I just, I'm not dating. I don't have a desire to date. Um, I've been on like a self um, reclaiming like my power type uh, celibacy, celibacy situation. Like just really just not engaging at all sexually or, you know, just really finding just my worth and like, you know, reclaiming that. But more importantly, I, after like years of sex work, my desire to be partnered, my desire to have intimacy with someone really dwindled. Like, I don't enjoy sex anymore. I, it's not something that I, I wanted to, it would have to take someone really special for me to even probably be in the mood. I just, I don't like to be touched um, in any way, I, not even hugged really sometimes. Um, and so, I mean, it's just all, uh, because of, of those many, many experiences that I have. And I think also because like, I've never really taken the time to unpack a lot of my experiences. Um, and so they just sit with me in the back of my mind and, and deep down in my heart. But um, I'm not dating. I don't think that dating is realistic for me right now. I'm so busy. Um, and just right now with, with the climate that we're in and the amount of women that are being murdered uh, every week or, you know, on a monthly basis. It, it just, I don't feel safe dating. I had someone come to me. Now, I still do my little Tinder because I do talk to people, right, just recreationally. Hey, how you doing? Da, 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 da. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was scary. It was like, oh, you're that girl from the news. And I was like, yep, nope. Reason number two why I'm not, why I'm not dating. You popular. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I'm not dating. I don't. I I don't trust men. Um, like Mariah was saying, from years of sex work. But I will say, I still like sex though. <laughs> and, and I'm good saving, real good saving. You hear me? We need to link up, team up, link up, and make this money together. You don't need my anymore. You don't need my pictures anymore because you got Zayden. Uh, uh Zayden on here today. <laughs> you, you 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 play too much, Tariko. You play too much. <laughs> but no, I think um, from years of doing sex work and like, you know, sometimes like when I was younger, I would fall for some of these guys. Like they'll come see you three times out of the week and whisper all these nothings in your ear and doing all this extra stuff. And bitch, I'll go to the mall and I'll see them in there with their family, kids, wife, happy. And I just be like, Really? Just like my first outreach at my job, I went to a school and one of the professors was like, oh, wow, you look so familiar. Um, have you been here before? And I wanted to say I have on clothes now, you know, but it's like everywhere I go, I, like I would see people with their families that I've dated and I just like I do not trust men because they be out with their families so happy. You see the kids and everything. And I'm just not going to let one of them play with me like that. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, they they tumble, baby. They tumble from the top of the bed to the back of the bed, yeah, and then that phone you know rings. I mean they catch their yeah. breath. Be like, hey, baby, I, I'm at a I'm at a meeting. Um, oh, I love you so much too. And then I just finished giving you a thousand dollars and 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 a dream. Ooh, but then now you love your wife dream too. And then a good you, one. Ooh, yeah. So for me, I I can't. I don't. I I don't trust them. And like when I try. Um, I hate to say this out loud, but when I tried to have a relationship with someone, I found myself 
being violent with them to try to hurt them before they were hurting me. So for me, I just, I don't even try anymore. And I hope that changes one day because I would love to meet someone and be happy. But I, I just don't see it right now. So Zayn, Mariah, she's kind of shared that uh, her experiences has kind of made her numb to sex. Milan, she said, she shared that she still loves the sex. <laughs> So my question to you, <laughs> so my question to you is a being someone who's currently having to do new content and you're currently have to uh, come up with new innovative things for your um, for your channel. Has it made you numb to sex? Like when you're not actually like building content, do you still feel like you want to be sexual or you like, oh, that's work now? Um, yeah, like it's. I guess I'm on Twitter so much, so I'm, a, I'm around so much sex. I'm always talking dirty and sexual and stuff. To now, it's like I, I rarely want to have sex. I'm like, if I do have sex, it's probably just to record or something, just my fans. But like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't like sending pictures anymore, talking dirty. Like, it doesn't turn me on anymore. Now, so like, I, I would say like being the only fans have changed my sexual appetite. Or at one point, I used to love sex, but now it's like. It's it's nothing to not say it's nothing, but it's it's not important to me now. It's not it doesn't turn me on or like it doesn't move me anymore now. Gotcha. So I personally know me and Mariah, we've been on a journey together for a long time. You know, in the gay community, we have our uh chosen families, and she's my chosen daughter. And so we've known each other for a long time, and I've seen her make tons of money, like you can't imagine. And what she used to do, if she doesn't mind me sharing this, it's going to be a good question. It's going to be a good question coming. So she had this Kicks cereal box that sat on top of her fridge. And when I would come to New Orleans to go wild, she's like, oh, dad, give me a second. And she would go into the Kicks box and she would pull out like $1,000. I, I promise you, $1,000 just to go have drinks. And I would get so mad. I'm like, if you don't put 500 of that back, she was like, no, we're going to have a good time, all right? So my question is to you all, especially Zayn, since you're making so much money, it's helping pay you through school. Mariah, I've seen the money that you made. Milan, I've heard about your banks. I've seen Milan, <laughs> when it came That's to pageants, everything's new, every feather, every rhinestone, every bead, <laughs> coin out. So my question is, making so much money, do you feel that people, they, um, they look at you as a personal bank? ATM, even people that you try to date, they're only looking at, okay, well, she's making banker. He's making this coin. I know they're going to pick up the bill for uh, the dinner tonight, or I need a new phone, or um, just like taking care of people. Do they feel that you're their personal bank? Yes. Are they a stay up under you at the bar knowing you finna buy you a cocktail and they want a cocktail? I went through all of that when I was younger doing it. I'm auntie now, so now they know better. They know, get me a drink, boom. <laughs> but when I was younger, that was the case. And I can't lie, I used to like doing it because, you know, being a prostitute back in the day, they tried to come, they came for the girls. You know what I'm saying? So mm. to me, it made me feel better to do that. To like, oh, baby, you can say what you want, baby. I have money. You know, my one of my favorite lines was, I'm rich, 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 and all you whores are poor, 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 poor. You know, so when I went to the bar, they know I was finna spend the bank at the bar just to show them that, you know, you can't come for me. I might be doing this, but I'm doing good. Today, you can't pay me to do that. <laughs> they also use it to pit us against each other, right? Like, 
oh girl, I make more money than you, or child, we saying you're nothing, girl. Like we saying it's nothing. You see this bag, you see this, you know, you see this stack, girl. You see all this money, but also just like you said, they people would befriend you. People would want to travel with you. People would, you know, um, you know, just be like. Or just assume like, oh, she gonna pay for it, like you know, like oh, it's it's just fine, like you know, she you know she got it, or you know stuff like that, and just like really deceptive, and like you know, once you stopped, or once you didn't, or once you didn't pay for something, or once you didn't give or loan the money, or whatever it was, then you were no longer you no longer held that position in their life, and it was really revealing. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, it happened several times. And and because so much was happening in my life, and because people was were putting me in on this pedestal, like, oh, Mariah, that's the coin girl, honey. She's coin fish. Like, and all these different terms that they would use to describe me, it was like a lot of pressure to keep going and to keep making so much money, right? And to be on on this level, like. Uh, even to the point where it's like show up at every pageant in every city and go to every function and be there and everywhere and have your hair like and all of those things and it, it never really allowed you time to be like oh let me just relax today i ain't gonna wear no hair today honey i'm gonna have on a, a bonnet all day which i do now but you know walk around with my bonnet <laughs> but yeah that that's definitely a reality what about you zayn um Everybody asks for money now. Like, even I hang out with my friends, it's like, oh, he got a child. Or if we go turn up, it's like, oh, he got it. He'll pay for it. He'll pay for the food. Or, hey, you got $10 for gas? Hey, you, um, my check in deposit today. Can you send me $20? I was like, damn, you just asked this yesterday. Like, yeah, everybody asks for money now. It's, 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 it's and I, I want to help everybody and I try to help people, but it's too much now. It's like, every day, people like, let me get $10 or, I need to buy my baby some food. Uh, I need gas to go to work. And I was like, damn. And I feel bad because I don't do it. But it was like, I'm getting to the point now where I can't help everybody. But Whew. just thinking about the money, um, Milan and Mariah, especially, seeing the thousands of, of dollars that you made to someone that's currently um, involved in sex work or someone that's interested in pursuing sex work, what advice would you give them as far as investment in trying to manage money so that they uh, don't get caught up in, oh, I got to keep up with the next girl. Uh, her stack is thicker than mine, so I'm going to go buy these bundles uh, and give me like a new wig made each week or, you know, um, what things would you actually uh, advise them to do financial-wise? Well, me personally, I tell all girls to, before they do all that splurging and stuff, to realize what you do is dangerous, for one, far as the law always have i learned this from my next door neighbor um aja if these people take you to jail your bill still gonna come at the same time and if you're gonna be that girl you need to be able to pay your bills from behind us in that cell you need to be able to pay all your bills just like you were when you out here um because sometimes we get this fast money and we don't save because we think in our mind oh it's always gonna come it's always gonna come so I just tell girls to make sure they make sure they save and always have a goal. You know, have a goal for something. If you don't have one, make one up and save. Save for a rainy day because anything can happen. And a lot of girls that are staying in hotels, I'm really on them. Like I even have some girls I hold their money for them because they don't even have bank accounts. You know, so I'm I'm really big on telling them how to save because I learned about saving. Um, I say about 10 years into it, 
like I really learned about savings and thank God I did because it helped for all these rainy days that are coming now. But I can just imagine if I would have started off saving. Oh, my God. You know, just like spending all that money at the bar for everyone. You know, if I would have had the mindset that I had now, I mean, it would be yeah, saving, 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 saving. That's what I tell them. Also, it's like, yes, to all that that you just said, Milan, but it's also realizing, like, in this moment, you may be making significant, significant money um, that most jobs don't pay. Um, and so keeping that in mind about how you acclimatize once your career in sex work is over or once you find something, uh, an, an opportunity is presented to you that just really puts you in a better position in your life in terms of safety and stability. Um, and thinking about, like Milan said, about saving, but also how you're investing into yourself. Like, are you putting this towards a property, right? Are you putting this towards education? Are you putting this towards gender affirming surgeries? You can't just be out here jumping from city to city and spending the money that you made just to get to the next city because that's not productive. But that is a reality for a lot of women involved in sex work um, because they are in sheer survival mode. Um, what I also say is like, you like like Mulan said, we have to think about the future. We have to think about, you know, what you know, what happens if you are uh incarcerated? What happens if you are the victim of a crime and you become disabled uh or differently abled? What about all these things? What are you doing to fall back on or what what are you creating that you can fall back on? And I think that um now that we have a clearer understanding of where we came from and the things that we could have done better, I think, like Mulan said, that puts us in a better position to educate younger girls in the hope that they'll listen. But, <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're kind of getting ready to wind it down, but I, I do have two more questions that I wanted to ask. The first question goes to you, Zayn. To someone that's out there who wants to start a uh, successful OnlyFans account, what advice would you give them? Um, I would definitely say have a business plan. Um, before I even started my OnlyFans page, um, I had a business plan. I knew exactly how I want to market myself. I knew exactly where I want to go. Um, everything was a build up. I knew each month I want to slowly do like you no. Know, put this type of content up next month, focus on this content and this eventually build my brand up. So, um, I would definitely say, take your time, build a business plan. Um, don't do anything you don't feel comfortable doing on camera. Um, it does follow you forever. So be mindful of that. And I mean, it's, it's money, it's enough money for everyone to make money and just have fun. Um, know your market, know who your, um, who your people you're marketing yourself to and make money. Um, people have sex every day. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, I've had people shame, slut shame me, but turn around and subscribe to my page or they'll slut shame me and turn around and jump in my DMs and my inbox and want to pay for sex and stuff. So I say have fun. Um, don't be ashamed of who you are. Whether you black, white, fat, fat, skinny, tall, there's someone for everyone. So just be yourself, have fun and get this money. But be safe at the same time. Make sure you're getting tested every 90 days. And, you know, just do you. So, yeah. 
And we definitely want to make sure for anybody um, out there that's listening, if you're interested in sex work, you're involved in sex work, that there are services and there are places out there for you to be tested. Um, there's information about PrEP. There's actually resources for you um, here in the community. I know everyone on the panel, uh, if, if you uh, follow them on social media, they are, I know Zayn's an advocate for PrEP. Uh, Mariah, Milan, they are heavy into trans services and um, making sure that we can actually link you to services. Metro, we make sure that uh, we do free testing as well. So for those people that are out there who are currently involved in sex work, even people that are just having sex unprotected, we definitely want you to protect yourself, get these resources that we actually have that are out here for you. My last question to everyone. So during this whole conversation to anyone that's listening, I want to make sure that you know we don't yuck anyone's young. You like it, we love it. I want to ask my panel tonight in our closing statements, what advice would you give that person that's wanting to start sex work or someone that's um, involved in sex work now, any healthy advice you would give them at this point? Um, I'm gonna piggyback off what Mariah Emulon said. I would definitely say um, it is easy money, it's quick money, but most importantly, save your money though. Um, as you can see, I'm time willing to create the times right now. Um, anything can happen. So save your money and make sure you invest your money wisely. It's quick money. It come and go. It's not going to be here forever. So plan ahead for the future and invest and save your money. Thank you, Zay. Um, I'm going to take it as if a trans woman asking me about getting into sex work. Um, I first would ask why they are thinking about this and if it's the trans woman I would let them know that there are more options today than it was yesterday you know what I mean um but if still going for it they still choose to do it I would let them know to be safe I'm sorry y'all I'm sorry go ahead Mariah <laughs> <laughs> for me I think that I I I I got involved with sex work um what is that noise I'm sorry you know, from earlier. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I oh. Okay. So I got into sex work purely for survival. Um, it was at a moment where I was just at a crossroads, like facing homelessness and couldn't find a job. Um, and so I just made a decision. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm never going to be ashamed to talk about it. I'm never going to be ashamed to share my experience. I'm never going to let anyone make me feel bad about it. Um, and I'm still going to be successful in life, right? I'm still gonna come out to do great things, even in my life now, where I am with my political aspirations and stuff. I speak openly about the fact that I was a sex worker and I don't let anyone you know, minimize me or make me feel bad about where I come from because if there were better options back then, then I would have taken them. If there were more resources back then, then I would have taken those and utilized them. But the fact that there weren't left me no choice but to do what I had to do to keep a roof over my head, air in my lungs and and clothed and fed. So I'd say to women, don't let anyone make you feel bad. Don't let anyone try to shame you for your profession, even if it's voluntary or involuntary, because we know, like I said earlier, there are women who love, there are people who love, you know, engaging in sex work. That is what they like to do. It brings them joy and happiness. 
And it also brings in flexibility. Some people just don't want to be confined to a desk or a, a corporation. They want to be their own boss, you know, and a lot of people say, well, that's not real work. Anything you're doing to provide something for someone else's work, let's be clear. So, yeah, I just tell, don't let anyone make you feel ashamed about who you are, who you love, or what you do. You're not harming anyone, or as long as you're not harming anyone, um, you're fine. And I, you know, I'm pro ho. <laughs> pro ho. <laughs> All of that, I agree. I'm pro ho. Before we go, Zayden. Are we gonna let the people know when when to check us out? Are we gonna really hook up? Yeah, listen, we gotta get this money. We're about to get this like, money. Like first, I'm really sick, sick. I ain't got to pretend my throat sick, sick. Now, what? <laughs> <laughs> listen, <laughs> we gotta get the people what they want, Zayden. It's coming, I swear. Well, y'all, thank y'all so much for tuning in tonight. For everyone that's out there. We hope that you've learned something and you've taken something from our conversation tonight. I definitely want to once again say thank you to my panelists. You all are amazing in your own rights. I definitely want to say to our audience out there, to anyone that's in need of any services, please feel free to reach out to any of us in our respective areas. We definitely want to make sure that anything that you need, that we are here for you. Once again, thanks to Metro Inclusive Health for this platform. Catch us next month for Movement of Color. Having you here makes a difference. Thank you. See y'all later. You've been listening to Inclusivity and Beyond with Metro Inclusive Health, subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community. Want to hear us cover a subject in the future? Email us at lgbtq at metrotampabay.org. For sponsorship information, contact James K at metrotampabay.org.